Well, hey, everyone, and welcome to episode number 26 of The Other Six Podcast. My name is Chad Boak, and I am your host. Joining me once again in the studio, my co-host, our worship pastor, and the inventor of the all-weather walking assistance device, the Hurricane, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> Mr. Matt Collins. Matt, how are you today, sir? That was good. You like that was that good. One? That was okay. good. That, that's the hurricane. Did you make that up? <laughs> yeah. I don't, I'm not supposed to speak yet. Oh, and, and Adam's here as well. <laughs> I'm, no, out of, no. I'm out of line already. Oh, sorry, it's okay. And joining us from across the table, once again, our lead pastor, Adam Bishop. I'm kind of impressed with that. Oh, you like that Did one? Did you really make that up? Yeah. It sounds like a the infomercial that you'd see like, yeah. late at night. Call Liter- now. That's right. Know? The, the wow. hurricane. Four easy payments of $19.99. If you call in the next 10 minutes, we'll give you a second one for free. That's right. Yeah. Exactly. There Not you available go. in Iowa, Nebraska. Yeah, I've, I've literally been working on that since last week. That's pretty much all that I was do impressive. in between podcasts. <laughs> I think, we'd wrap, good, I think we'd wrap it up that together. That was good. We're done for the day. Oh, man. How are you guys doing? How did everybody have a good weekend, Matt? I know you've been pretty busy this weekend, huh, buddy? Yes. I had a retreat in the middle of Oh, I can't even say it. Noxabee, uh, Mississippi. Okay. It's uh, Lake Forest Ranch. Uh, anybody been there? I think that sounds better. Just go yeah, ahead. Lake yeah, Forest yeah. Ranch. Like I yeah. should have gone that with that. Right. Yeah. Lake Forest Ranch. Mm-hmm. Uh, middle of nowhere. It was. It was. It was good. It's yeah. good. Like uh, 120 kids there. So the, I know Sunday morning you got in pretty early, and uh, mm-hmm. you still did a great job leading worship. Great <laughs> did service. I look on like Sunday? I was falling asleep. You did not. You did okay. a great right. job. I right. was very good. proud. I would have never known you were in Knoxville, Watson, whatever. <laughs> yeah, that's right. That's <laughs> right. Knoxville. <laughs> right. No, there you go. Adam, how was your weekend? Do we have a basketball update? How did that go? Yeah, two two more games this weekend. Two games went well. I'm really really proud of, of the of the kids. It's, it's been fun. My parents came in town, so they got to go to some games. Oh, and good. Nice. So, yeah, we, we've had a lot of fun. It's been fun hanging out with them and, man, the weather. It's it's oh. kind of chilly in the mornings, but once you get past the, that initial cold, yeah, it's being yeah. like, I used to live in Colorado. This is not chilly. Right. So, like, I'm <laughs> right. used to the weather here now. Like, it's chilly, yeah. you know? Right. But, man, the weather's been amazing. So uh, we yeah. had some golf balls yesterday. Um, yeah, so we've had we've had a good man, weekend. It's that's nice. awesome. Yeah. I had a lot, I did not have good weather where I was at. It <laughs> oh, was yeah? freezing. Oh, was the, it? the heater didn't work in our our oh, uh, cabin. Man. No, we. I had, literally had a uh, like a like a sleeping bag and bundled up, and I had a jacket on in there. Oh like, man, crowns in heaven, Matt. Yeah, crowns <laughs> in heaven. Right. You, did, you did it, buddy. Now, Adam, I gotta tell you a quick story about upper basketball. You know, my daughter Lena played uh, for a couple of yeah. years. She was she. I remember her running up and saying, "Hey, I saw Pastor Adam." My dad, I found out after the season, bribed her. Every time she made a basket, would give her $25. What? $25. And I said, Lena, if you had told me this, <laughs> we would have worked harder and split the money. It would have been great. Like, I mean, we would have gotten this done. Wow. So, yeah. So That's anyway. amazing. Yeah. But so, now, at the end of the season, well, I won't tell you how much money she <laughs> had. But anyway, it was a lot. Uh, it was a lot. Yeah, that's right. She did great. She did great. Uh, but this past Sunday, we continued our message series. Uh, it's not just a phase. Parenting in a post-pandemic world. And uh, I have to tell you, man, uh, one of our volunteers called and told me the other day and said that his daughter who's in her mid-20s, goes to another church. Uh, and she said at work and at AUM and even at her church, she had friends that were telling her how much they're enjoying listening to the series. Oh, that's cool. And so it's really cool to hear that. And so it's it's exciting and to know that God's working and using the series in a big way, not just here at Vaughn Forest, but really, you know, around the River Region. Well, it's a great reminder, too, that, you know, God's the one— God's the reason why this is good. That's right. I mean, I'm talking about marriage. I'm 19 years in. I'm talking about parenting. I'm 12 years in. Right. You know, call me in a decade, and I'll probably go, yeah. Um, <laughs> so, what I know, said then. We're nah. trying to share <laughs> right. as much as we can, 
But what we're really trying to share is what does God's word say? That's right. Because, you know, God's word is is true whether I'm communicating it or somebody else, you know. So if people are getting some out of, something out of the series, it, that's encouraging, but they're getting something out of the series because God's word can give us guidance, right, you know. Right, right. So that, that's good to hear. Yeah. yeah. Even even in these crazy times we live in, it's timeless. Right. All the advice. Right. I think that's yeah. really good. And speaking of timeless wisdom, you know, this past Sunday we talked about parenting advice from Proverbs. And uh, so I guess, you know, we'll dive in. I want to kick this thing off. I want to talk a little bit about the book of Proverbs, you know, kind of its history, who wrote it, and why are we going to this book for parenting advice? Yeah, it's a compilation of different authors. So, okay. I mean, Solomon gets most of the credit, the wisest man who ever lived, you know, King David's son, who then became king. So he's, he writes a lot of the Proverbs. But what's great about it when you read the Proverbs, if somebody else writes them, it tells you. So it's oh, like yeah. a bunch of guys okay. that you've never heard of. It's like, I don't remember <laughs> learning about him in Sunday school. So, yeah, there's different people who can contributed, you know, to it, but all inspired by the same Holy Spirit. Right. And, um, you know, pr- the wisdom is presented uh, metaphorically, like as she. So if you read through Proverbs, you're like, who's she? Like, that's wisdom. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know, there's a lot of things you can kind of pick up on, like, and, and then it, it, it feels, and maybe this is why I always enjoyed reading it, it's kind of all over the place. Okay. So, you know, like my brain. So like you can read, you know, it's like that verse talks about that. And the next verse talks about that. And the next verse talks yeah. about that. Short it's like firing bullets everywhere. Yeah. You know, it's like, Oh, cool. And it's just multiple areas, whether okay. it's, you know, being lazy or working or saving money or investing wisely or not going into debt or, you know, marriage or parenting or, you know, all of the things. And, um, there's just some really good wisdom. And there's also some great metaphorical language, um, that can really create an impression, okay. if you will. And um, I don't have time to go into all of them, but as you read through Proverbs, like you'll see how things are presented. Like I, I got to give one example. So there's an example where he talks about this guy who is like uh, following a prostitute. And he says, it looked like a sheep that was being led to slaughter. And wow. so, you know, you, you read that and you're like, well, that's exactly what's about to happen. Right. Yeah. So it, it gives this like pretty graphic metaphorical language, but it's it's in a very short sentence. It's kind of helping you see yeah. he doesn't even know what's about to happen. He doesn't understand yeah. the destruction he's about to bring in his life. Mm. Well, when you're reading Proverbs in formidable years, like that's that's good. Yeah. It's good to get God's wisdom, like, you know, kind of planted in your mind and in your heart to counter the ways of the world. So the world would help you think one thing, God's wisdom says the other thing. So yeah, it's it's a great book. And like I mentioned, you know, Billy Graham and many others read a chapter a day. So, um, and, and it, it speaks into a bunch of different areas. Hmm. And so, yeah, I mean, we probably will do a, a, a Proverbs series at some, at some point. Uh, Sam, actually, my 12-year-old, we were talking about Proverbs one day and I was trying to explain it to him, the difference between promises and Proverbs. Sometimes Christians make the mistake of claiming <clears throat> Proverbs as promises. Okay. <laughs> and, I, and, and so I'm trying to explain this to him, and he goes, it kind of, maybe uh, Proverbs should be kind of called probably, probabilities. <laughs> probably. <laughs> like, probably this is what's going to happen. That's and cool, I was yeah. like, if I ever do a series on Proverbs, Sam, I'm going to call it probabilities because that's, that's awesome. exactly what that's saying. <laughs> like on probably. the whole— Right. Here's how life usually works. Right. You know, you usually reap what you sow. Yeah. But every now and then, somebody you can find an example. So they're not promises; they're just proverbs. Okay, <laughs> that's good. Probably, probably I like that a lot. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, uh, speaking of kids, let's talk about this uh, training kids. What, what does that look like, and how do you train a kid? Yeah, I mean, the point I was trying to belabor in the message, that's why I spent so much time <laughs> on that point, was the intentionality that's yeah. required. Okay. You know, train up a child in the way he should go. And, and we kind of like, you know, oh, yeah, I'm, I'm doing that. Really? Mm. You know, how's that going? 
you know, we can all define the word train differently. Yeah. So what I'm trying to do is give a really difficult definition of the word train to evaluate ourselves by. Okay. So if I can say with full confidence, yeah, I'm doing all those things. Mm-hmm. Well, then you can teach next Sunday, you know, because <laughs> the rest of us aren't, you know, we're trying, but, but unless yeah, yeah. I let God's word challenge me, okay, then I'm just going to stay lazy. <laughs> mm. You know, so most of us are, are, are in need of challenge. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't really ever start to change until we begin to feel the heat a little bit. Yeah. So your kids are doing some things. You're like, oh, man, like, what's up? I, I better I better fix that. Yeah. Well, well, and parenting, it's like take the mindset of being a trainer in whatever season they're in and then be diligent day mm-hmm. after day after day after day. So there are intentional things. There are things that you do, but then there's also just this awareness that all of life is an opportunity for training. So in conversations and things they bring up, you know, you're constantly training your kids. And in our society today, a lot of people think of kids as almost like an accessory. Yeah. You know, so like, um, you know, I've I've got this cute little baby and I got this toddler, you know, and, but, you know, somebody else has to deal with all the, you know, challenging parts of their life. It's yeah. like, no, like you, as a parent, you've been called to train them. Right. Parenting is not supposed to be fun. Right. It, I'm know, sure it's, it's not like a one, like one and done kind of thing situation either, where no. you like say it once and they got it. Oh, no, no. no, no. <laughs> I don't ne- know. Never, ever <laughs> has that happened. And, and, but, you know, parenting is not supposed to be fun, but it can be incredibly rewarding. Yeah. Right. Um, but that's just part of it. You know, are there fun, th- fun times as parents? Of course. Yeah. I mean, we just talked about the fun we had this weekend. Right. But if my goal as a parent is to have fun, I'm going to be really disappointed. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> my goal is, is to be a good trainer. Okay. Um, but not to train them to, you know, get a you know, football scholarship or mm-hmm. get an academic scholarship or yeah. to be the best at this or to be the best at that. My goal is to train them to walk with the Lord. Right. Because right. ultimately that's what matters. And so as parents, we have to be aware of that. When I feel like, you know, if you put that kind of pressure on them, that's going to do more damage than it will good to put like, you got to be a football player. You got to be a baseball player. You, you know. All of those things are just fun activities. Yeah. You know, that, that they can try different things and enjoy different things yeah. and, you know, help them figure out things they like and things they don't like. But all of those are just small, minor details in this idea that, like, I'm trying to get them to walk with the Lord. Right. I, I want my boys to be godly men, yeah. godly husbands, godly fathers. Right. I don't care what yeah. they do for a career. Yeah. That's the least of my, you know, yeah. I, don't, I never even think about it, honestly. I'm trying to, you know, groom. And, and I'm just like, you know, aren't you doing everything right now? No, because I have other men who challenge me right. to right. do yeah. That, you right. know, it's like, hey, you know, what, what are you doing with your boys? You know, so we, we try to, you know, it's like a band of brothers, you know, as men, mm-hmm. we try to help each other with these things and it, remind each other of yeah. these things when it comes to raising kids. All right. So speaking about being challenged by other folks, you know, I, I want to talk a little bit about uh, the church's role in training kids. So is this something where we pull up at a drive through at the church, we let the kids out, you know, the church does its work, they come back and all of a sudden they're walking with Jesus? Or is there more to it? What is the church's role with the next generation? Well, that's how it used to be. I mean, you're, you're kind of like, you know, being a little snarky there with your question, Sean. Uh, yeah. But if I had a dollar for every time on back in the day, old school Wednesday nights, where, you know, the students are doing stuff, the kids are doing stuff. There are some things for adults, like sure. some life groups. So, yeah. And the parents that kind of went, well, this is an hour for us to go on a date, or this is an hour for us to go buy groceries. You know, we'll let the church take care of our kids for a little while. We'll go do whatever we want. Yeah. If I had a dollar for every time I'd saw that, you know, I probably wouldn't be working with you guys anymore. <laughs> you know, so, you know, it, it's been a big frustration of mine over right. the years in ministry. Um, so I have to check that before the Lord and make sure I'm not just being mad. You know, I'm actually trying to be helpful. Right. But, you know, all kidding aside, your, your role as a parent is to model these things. You know, I, Matt and I spent years in student ministry. You spent years in student ministry. 
one of the things that drove me crazy as a student pastor was this narrative that when students graduate from high school, they graduate from the church. They right. go to college mm-hmm. and they quit going to church. Our student ministries aren't doing what they're supposed to be doing. And I was like, oh, call time out. Right. You know, our student ministries are doing the best we can. The parents aren't modeling these things for them. Right. Do you think kids can grow up in a home where parents treat church as optional? That, you know, maybe we go once a month, maybe we don't. If there's anything else that pops up on our schedule, we do that instead of church. Do you think those kids, having seen that model for 12 years, are now going to go to college and be at church every Sunday? Right. That's yeah. just, I mean, it doesn't, it doesn't add up. So parents have to model what they expect their kids to do. But then it is the church's responsibility to put the next generation first. Right. I'll die on that hill. <laughs> I yeah. have. So, you know, I'll <laughs> right. die on that hill. Right. So, you know, we're going to make sure that when you say we want to be a part of Vaughn Forest, we want to do this to the best of our ability, that we're going to do everything in our power to come alongside you to create a ministry environment that will help you disciple your kids. Sure. We're not going to ask your kids to step back into 1985 to meet Jesus. Right. We're not going to ask your kids to sit still and listen to one adult talk to them for 45 minutes mm-hmm. in order to grow in their faith. Right. We're not going to ask them to do things that are, you know, j- just not aligned. Now, we're also not going to let them, like, run run around like a bunch of crazy people. Right. So we have structure, and we, we have, it's incredibly structured. You know, very, and ask anybody that serves up there. It's incredibly structured. But, you know, if your kids ever tell you, you know, I'm just, I'm bored. I'm not getting enough out of the kids' ministry. I don't want to go there anymore. I'm like, okay, you're the parent. Like, have that conversation. But might I encourage you to push back a little bit? Hmm. Well, tell me what you learned about. You know, because my guess is they're not bringing to the table what they need to bring. Do you help mm. build a level of expectancy into your kids on the way to church? Hey, guys, let's go into church today ready to learn. Let's yeah. see what God has to say to us. Yeah. You be a leader, not a follower. If there's some kids in your class not talking or they're talking, not listening to the teacher, you speak up and say, hey, let's listen up. Like you can help as the parent even create a better experience for your kids at church. Yeah. Yeah. So it is our responsibility to come alongside and provide <clears throat> ministries that help in that but not at the replacement of the parents modeling that. Now, the other point in this is there's a bunch of kids in our community who don't have parents who walk with the Lord. Mm. So we're also trying to go after them. We're not just going to tell those kids, well, too bad, you didn't get parents who would model this for you. So the church is going to try to reach those kids. And I could keep y'all here all day with stories of families who the parents and the grandparents came to faith in Jesus Christ because the kids got saved. Mm. So, you know, that's also how that can work. But we also have a very evangelistic effort when it comes to our kids' ministry. Sure. Well, talking about modeling stuff for our kids, you talked about um, the importance of modeling integrity. So let's just talk about that. Why is that important to do as a church body? Well, I mean, your kids know that they know so much more than they let on. Um, The best way to model integrity is just be really quick to admit when you're wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, integrity doesn't mean perfection. Right. Integrity means that that you know you're you're quick to own it. Like if yeah. you mess up with your kids, like own it. Yeah. Don't play the whole well, I'm just I'm the parent card. You know, if, if you blow it, own it. You know, mm-hmm. have integrity with your mistakes. Have integrity with your own weaknesses. Yeah. You know, and then have integrity with with how you act. I mean, integrity only matters when nobody else is around. Yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, so integrity is who you really are when nobody else is watching. And we want our kids. <laughs> To live their life that way. That's right. right. So, you know, if we want our kids to live our life that way, we're the ones who set that standard for them. Right. So whatever standard we set, we set for them, you know, if you've lowered the bar in your own integrity, don't be surprised when your kids lack integrity. There's mm. a supernatural connection there. And um, so, yeah, it's just one of those things. And look, if it's something you struggle with, 
you know, then then get help. Mm-hmm. You know, get get an accountability yeah. partner, get some counseling, get into a life group. You know, have someone you go to lunch with once a week. If, if there's an area of your life that you struggle with integrity with, then then go ahead and 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 get that out in the open. Yeah. And you know, Jesus died on the cross for that. You know, it's going to be okay, but you just don't want it to to rob you of your own integrity, your own holiness. But you also don't want it to have an effect on your kids. Right. Yeah. And eventually, it will if it goes unchecked. Right. <clears throat> no, that's it's a humbling experience to have to go to your kids and say, "Hey, I'm sorry. Will you forgive me?" But I love what you just said there about, like, I want them to learn that so that they model that in their own lives and they pass that on to their kids, you know, as well. All right. So I got, I'm going to shift gears a little bit here. We got a hot button topic to talk about here. Disciplining your children. Yeah. So this is a, this is a huge hot button topic. And I want to, I want to talk a little bit about, you know, we're told a million different things on disciplining our kids. What does scripture say? How do we know where the line is? How do we know the right way to discipline our kids? Well, scripture says a lot. Right. It just Mm -hmm. doesn't fit our culture's. Um, you know, I didn't read the verse "spare um, spare the rod, spoil the child," right? Because I didn't want people to throw pens at me, you know, while I was teaching. <laughs> but like, I didn't write that, right? Yeah. So, do you believe John three sixteen? Okay, it's inspired by the Holy Spirit. Yeah. Same Holy Spirit that inspired John three sixteen inspired the verse "spare the rod, spoil the child." Mm-hmm. Like, I don't make the rules, right? You know, I'm just the messenger. <laughs> the messenger right? Okay. So somebody says, "Well, I just don't think that applies in today's world." That's fine. Nobody at Vaughn Forest is going to tell you what method of discipline to use with your kids. I was very clear about that. But God's word, it's not ambiguous. Our culture is ambiguous. We, We create the ambiguity. God's word is abundantly clear. You are supposed to discipline your children. Mm-hmm. That's one of the responsibilities of a parent. Right. Previous generations of parents heeded this advice a lot more than our generation. Sure. Our generation is the first generation of parents to parent in the age of social media, to parent in the age of information available 24-7, to parent in the age where no credentials are required for you to be an expert. Right. So I can read a blog and somebody says what I'm supposed to do, whether they're <laughs> credentialed or not. Right. So it does create a lot of challenges. Yeah. Okay. So I think that as a parent, it's so easy to be overwhelmed by all of that. Sure. So let me encourage you if you're a parent, the first place to start when it comes to figuring out how to discipline your kids is on your knees. Mm. Wow. You get on your knees with your spouse and you go to the Lord and you say, Lord, we need some guidance that we don't have right now. Right. We need you to guide us. The Holy Spirit is available to give you what you don't have. The Holy Spirit can enlighten you is what God's word says. So I would say the best place to start is on your knees. The second place to start then is in his word. Hmm. Get into Proverbs and read what it says. And if you spend time in God's word and if you spend time praying together and you're united with the same purpose, we care enough for our kids. This isn't about them doing what we want them to do. Right. Okay. I believe God in his faithfulness will begin to show you some things. The last piece of that then is be open enough to ask for advice from other parents. Sure. Mm, You know, maybe somebody in your life group, maybe somebody that's in an advanced season of life, be like, you know, hey, we're really having some challenges with one of our kids. You know, have, have you run into that? I can tell you right now, I know that my wife, Morgan, has coffee with other women in our church, and they talk about these things. Right. They encourage yeah. one another. Right. They don't feel like they're alone in this, okay? Yeah. And she doesn't come home and tell me what they talked about. Like, that's between them, you know? Right, I right. have com- So the, the idea here is you, you have to engage the tension. So many parents are just going to, you know, well, you know, that's just that's just the easy way to parent. You know, right. when, you, when you just it's like no, no. The, the the easiest way to parent is to not discipline your kids. Right. The the hard thing is to find the appropriate discipline to aid you in the effort to shift their behavior. Because here's the thing: your kids are going to naturally do what's selfish. 
Right. They're going to, I've never had to teach my boys, you know, to say mine. I've had to teach them how to share. Right. Like I've never had to teach them how to yell at each other. I've right. had to teach them how to speak in <laughs> kindness to one another. Right. This is part of what it means to be a parent. Yeah. But yeah, pray together, go to God's word, let the Holy Spirit guide you, talk to God's people. That's yeah. about the best we can do. That's right. Yeah. And you know what? You might get into another season of life and what you were doing in the previous season doesn't work anymore. Right. So you got to, you know, <clears throat> bathe, rinse, repeat. You got to do the whole thing all over again. Right. You know, so it's not like you figure this thing out and like, now, okay, now we can move on to something else. Right. This isn't going to always be front yeah. of mind. Yeah. As our kids change, our methods change. Yeah. You know, you know, related to what you said, you had another point about like don't discipline out of anger. And you talked about learning from, you know, God's people, you know, some tips. And I'll never forget, you know, in the moment when my kid disobeys, either one of them, I, it's like, that's it. I'm taking away everything you love, you know, and I'm throwing it away. And that's going to be that. A trick that I learned was say, go to your room. I'll be there in 10 minutes. And that would give me enough time to calm down so I was not disciplining them out of my own anger, but rather out of, you know, the correct, you know. Emotion. I'm letting you teach next week. That's good, man. That's good. I could have used that, you know, yeah, right, right, right. On this past week yeah, when, right. I, when yeah. I blew it. There you go. That, that one was for free. That's good. I like free. it. That's sure. free. That's a good. But those are the kind of things we're talking about. Right. Yeah. You just pick up these little. Practical tips. Yep, that's right. Yeah. Uh, so let's talk about imparting wisdom on your kids, the importance of that. What are some ways that we can internalize God's word more and, and understand it better? Yeah, I mean, be in it every day. I mean, yeah. it's hard to give your kids what you don't have. Right. So, you know, yeah. get into God's word. Um, be wise about where you spend time in God's word. Mm. So all of God's word is equally inspired. But if you've got teenagers looking to you for guidance, it may not be the time to do the study in Jeremiah, you know, or Ezekiel. So I did all, I did a whole sermon on Ezekiel last year. I mean, I, I love Ezekiel, you know, <laughs> we're boys. But like you might want to spend some time in Proverbs, right. you know, or maybe First Peter, Second Peter, yeah, where he yeah. talks about being exiles, living in a foreign land. You know, yeah. maybe Daniel, exiled. Try to spend time in God's word that the things you could learn would be timely for the season that they're yeah. in, okay? The other thing when it comes to imparting wisdom is sh share your mistakes appropriately. Mm -hmm. You don't need to glorify <laughs> sin. Right. You don't need to tell them all of the crazy things you did in college, right? right. Don't, but, but you can tell them the lessons. Right. You can tell them the lessons, you know? My dad um, has a scar. And on his chest. And, you know, I was growing up as a kid, you know, be at the pool or the beach, whatever. Like I'd noticed it, but you know, I, I didn't, about the time I was probably, probably about the time I started driving, he was like, do you know how I got that scar? And I'm like, yeah, he never told me. Mm. And, um, you know, I'm not going to share the story here on the podcast, but he told me what had happened and it made an indelible mark on my life. Oh, wow. And there was some wisdom that was imparted yeah. that helped me navigate some situations as a right. teenager and a college student yeah. um, that otherwise I may not have had that lesson. Yeah. So don't be afraid to share the wisdom from the lessons. And, and one of the things that my dad, you know, told me and continues to tell me is, you know, smart people learn from their own mistakes. Mm -hmm. Wise people learn from others' mistakes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. So, you know, let your kids be wise from mm -hmm. some of your mistakes. <laughs> We'd be smart, you, you know, without, you know, glorifying the mistake, you know, yeah. glorify the lesson from yeah. the mistake. And you're just, as much as you can, you're just trying to give them that wisdom yeah. in little bite-sized chunks every single day or when the opportunity presents itself. You don't force it when it's not there, but you're looking for it. And yeah. when you look for it, you'll usually see opportunities for it. Gotcha. So help me understand what you meant in your last point. You said, uh, you said, don't make obedience about you. Make it about their father. What did you mean by that? Yeah, because I'm because I said so. I'm the parent. I mean, right. there's no. What are we having a discussion about? <laughs> right, right? right? If I tell you to do something, you're supposed yeah, to do it. Right. Okay? Um, that never so, worked for me. Yeah, right. <laughs> the, you know, it's it's tricky because there there are like sometimes as parents where that like if your kid runs out in the road and there's a car coming and you say come here, 
you don't, that's not time for discussion. Yeah. Right, right, it's right. because I said so. <laughs> yeah. You know, so when your kids are little, you know, again, I, you're about to stick the fork into the outlet, you know? So I, I'm <laughs> right. trying to be, you know, kind with this, you know, I, right. somebody's listening are like, oh my gosh, like I'm being way too bossy with my two-year-old. No, you're yeah. keeping them alive. You right. know, <laughs> keep up the good work, <laughs> right. you know? That, that's all little kids want to do. They <laughs> yeah. somehow want to hurt themselves. Their goal is to, yeah, yeah, just, yeah. you know, end up just in the hospital with right. stitches or, you know, <laughs> right. I mean, We've been down all those roads. Yeah, Yeah, so my dad is listening to this right now going, I'm just a miracle that you're here. I broke my femur when I was three. Oh, my goodness. The strongest bone in your body. I was putting on my pajamas, hopping around on one leg and slipped and fell and broke my leg. So my children, they are scared to death to put on their pajamas. I I built this fear into them like from an early age. Be careful putting on your pajamas. Therapy for that later. But yeah, as far as like not making obedience about you, um, when your kids disobey you, um, and I'm not talking about, you know, I lost my temper. I was angry. Sure. You know, you need, you know, I said in the message, like, let me confess, like, this is um, a weakness of mine. I've had to own that a few times with my boys, you know, over the years. But but when they blatantly disobey me, what I've got to help them see is the greater disobedience is towards their heavenly father, not towards me. That's right. Mm-hmm. You know, the issue here isn't that you disobeyed me. The issue here is you're disobeying God. What God has instructed me to do as your parent is to guide you, discipline you, correct you, lead you, love you. When you blatantly disobey me, it's it's like uh, Mufasa. You deliberately disobeyed me. You know, like when, when you do that, the issue is with everything in the kingdom. I've seen that movie a few million times. <laughs> there you go. The, the issue here is you're disobeying God, and that's a problem. Right. I'm good. I'm your dad. Like, yeah. right. you, you didn't hurt my feelings. You didn't make me feel bad. You didn't ruin my day. I'm doing just fine. Hmm. But listen, see, your sin is why God had to send his son to die on the cross. Your sin is what put Jesus on the cross. One of the hardest lessons to get people in our society today to understand is that they're sinners. Right. Our whole culture tells everybody they're wonderful yeah. Yeah. and have great self-esteem and you're the solution to your problems. Right. Like, that's a, hun- a bunch of whatever. So from an early age, I need my kids to understand, oh, no, yeah. you're the problem. <laughs> you're wretched. God yeah. loves you. But- Let me just tell so, you how bad you, you are. Know, unless you meet Jesus, there's no hope. That's right. That's right. And, and you know, I want to lead my boys to the cross. Yeah. I'm not the solution. Jesus is. So if I just make it about, you know, you're disobeying me, you're not doing what I'm telling you to do, you're, you know, you, I feel like I'm just button heads with them and I'm not leveraging their disobedience for a greater lesson, a greater purpose, I'm kind of missing an opportunity. Hmm. Now, that doesn't work every single time your kids disobey. Right. Okay, you got to use wisdom and discernment. But when the opportunities present itself, you know, uh, when my boys have like really done some things, you know, I've, I've asked them, do you know why you did that? Right. <laughs> And, uh, well, my brother, no, 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 you know, and help them understand. Let me tell you why you did that. Mm -hmm. Do you know that dad does things that he shouldn't do? What? Even your wonderful mom, very rarely, but every now and then (laughs) she does something. And and now all of a sudden I've got their attention. Right. You know, we'll we'll, we'll hand out the the punishment. Yeah. You need to be grounded from something or you, you know, all that. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm a big fan of all those things. Right, right, right. But in this moment. Can, can, can we can we have a conversation about a bigger thing that's that's happening you right. know and yeah. and that's all I'm trying to say and there's not every situation to do it but um if all my kids think is when I disobey it makes my dad mad and he wants me to do what I want him to do um I can get behavior modification but I probably won't get heart transformation right and that's what we're going for. Yeah, that, that's yeah. exactly what I was about to say. Those moments are a rare opportunity the guy gives us to really go after their hearts and to capture their hearts with that. 
I, I think that's incredible. You know, yeah. it, you know, speaking of, you know, learning uh, from others, you know, we've got a great opportunity, especially for our ladies coming mm -hmm. up on March 11th, uh, our women's night that's going to be happening. Uh, I think it's called Better Together yeah. Women's Night. And there's going to be a panel of women up on the stage. I mean, there's going to be food, there's going to be worship. Mm -hmm. uh, it's going to be a great, fun time of hanging out. But also there's going to be uh, a time where there's a, you can do so like Q&As here from this panel of women that's yeah. going to be on the stage. And I think it's going to be really helpful. And so I would say for our ladies out there that, you know, are interested in developing some of those relationships and, and having that in their lives, uh, it's, a, it's a don't miss opportunity. It's a free night and they can sign up uh, at our website, vaughnforest.com slash events, and they yeah. can make that happen. Women can be so hard on themselves. Yeah. And, um, Man, you know, ladies, I would just encourage you to be there. I, I love the name, Better Together. Yeah. Mm. Um, be encouraged from other women. Um, most women need to just cut themselves a little bit of slack. Right. You're actually probably doing okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and it'd probably be good to hear from some other women to help reinforce that. It probably would also be good to hear just some good guidance. Yeah. You know, the women who are on this panel, they're not perfect. They don't have everything figured out. Right. They're not experts. They're trying to figure this thing called life out just like the rest of us. But, you know, ladies can encourage ladies in a way that we just can't encourage them. And, and yeah. I learned this a long time ago, being married to Morgan, that there are times that Morgan needs to be with other women who love Jesus that nourishes her soul. Mm -hmm. There are some things that women can speak into each other's lives that quite simply as their husbands, that's just not our role. It's not our role to speak certain things into their lives. But make sure, husbands, you allow your wives the opportunity to get into those yeah, uh, right. circles, so space. to speak. Yeah. Because when you do, man, you're you're going to see her soul refreshed. And part of the way you can serve your wife well is by giving her, here's the key word, permission. Now, ladies, let me explain. You don't need permission from your husband, okay? But what I know about women is you will always put us and the kids first, so you won't go because there's something else that needs to be done. Right. There's something needs to be done at the house. There's something needs to be done with the kids. Right. And, and, and our wives are more selfless than we are, guys. So like... Ladies, like you have permission. Everything at your house will be fine. Your husbands will be fine. Your kids will be fine. Give yourself an evening sure. with other women from our church. And I think you'll really enjoy it. And, and so guys, step up, you know, be the leader. Tell your wives to go. You got it. You can hold down the fort. I hope for at least one night, you know, and everything will be good. So um, it's going to be an awesome time. And I'm really excited for the women in our church to get to be there. Well, that's great. Well, again, I, I love this conversation. We're looking forward to continuing in this series next week, uh, diving into more, you know, talk about parenting in a post-pandemic world. And I think on that note, we're, we're going to go ahead and be done. So on behalf of Adam Bishop, Matt Collins, and myself, we appreciate you guys tuning in, and we will catch you guys next time. <laughs>